Hello, and welcome to Coaches on a Mission. I am your host, Dallas Travers, and this show is dedicated to helping you, a values-driven coach, do three things. Find more paying clients, build your list consistently, and set yourself up to scale with a course. Now, speaking of scaling with a course, that is exactly the topic that my guest came onto the show to tackle. Suzette Mullen, she helps overextended LGBTQ plus folks make time to raise their voices, write their stories, and become published authors. So Suzette has a vision to build a year-long mentorship program that's actually similar to my program, The Hive, yet kind of like The Hive, Suzette is well aware that a large portion of her audience, they might need a bit of a starter program before they're ready to commit to a year-long course. So the two of us, we put our heads together to determine if launching an intro program actually makes sense for her business and her audience. Once we decided it was a yes, from there, we worked out the timing and the workflow to roll out her intro course and ensure that it flows directly into her year-long program. So this episode was particularly fun for me for two reasons. Number one, I love Suzette's mission. To help raise the voices of LGBTQ plus people, it's really important and I want to help her in any way that I can. And secondly, this conversation actually took us behind the scenes of my business. So if you've ever been curious about why and how my offers look the way that they do, get ready because we are spilling the tea today. So let's do it. Here's Suzette Mullen. Hello, Suzette. Welcome to Coaches on a Mission. Hi, Dallas. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, I'm excited. I love talking about courses and offerings and how those all fit together like a perfect puzzle. And I know that's on your agenda today. So it should be a really helpful call to our listeners. Before we dive into that, I'd love to just get a bit of a status report from you. You've been in the hive now for a couple of months. How's it going so far? Um, it's going incredible. I feel like I've been part of it for like forever in a good way. Um, and and it's, really, it's actually really only been like a month and a half, but I've definitely have dived right in, which is kind of how I do things. I'm just loving, I mean, I'm loving the content for sure. I, am loving, loving the community so much. Mm. Um, and just, feel very enriched by it. So I'm very excited to be part of it. We're glad to have you. And that just makes me so happy to hear because I think a lot of programs like say they have a cool community and we work really, really hard to follow through on that promise. So it warms my heart to see that paying off. All right. So let's dive in. Can you share with me what you want to walk away from this conversation with? Yes, I have a vision for a signature program that I would like to launch sometime in hopefully early 2023. And I am looking for clarity on sort of a lead in offer to that bigger program, how to structure that, how to price it in comparison to the bigger program, and also the timing around when I should have this sort of lead-in offer in relation to the timing of when I will start the bigger signature program. And, yes. and also maybe how often, if my vision for my signature program is that it'll have sort of open enrollment once I get it going, my also my question would be how often do I roll out this lead-in offer as a, like as a live offer? Mm-hmm. Great. Good question. What I'm actually hearing you say here is that you would like to model your own version of what we do with the Hive and Client Search. Does that feel yes. accurate to you? Cool. Yes. Great. I absolutely do. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so just to loop our listeners in, I'm and maybe to help you too, I'd love to just give the create some context by using the Hive and Client Search as an example, and then we can dive right into your version of that. 
So The Hive, as you know, is a year-long mentorship program, and it's designed to take coaches all the way from, I'm a coach and I think I know what my niche is, but I don't, I'm not totally confident in that, right? All the way through getting your message down and your content strategy and finding clients, hiring, and launching with a course. So it's like everything in one container. What we found, because Client Surge is actually course number three in that eight course journey, Uh the reason, and this is really important, perhaps the place that you and I need to begin, the reason we pulled Client Surge out to offer as a standalone program was really to help those coaches who are perfect candidates for the Hive, they are my dream client, but they do not have the experience of consistent clients yet. So the idea of committing to a year was completely overwhelming to them. So they were really in the position of, I know I want to do the hive, but can I please have three clients? (laughs) Can I please get that piece down? And then I will feel more confident Mm. making the financial investment, but also making that bigger time commitment. So it was a very strategic decision to pull client surge out. It wasn't just, oh, I'd like to have an intro offer and then people can upgrade. We did it to overcome an obstacle that our dream clients faced when considering an investment in the hive. Okay. So the benefit of that has been, A, people get clients. So now their hive tuition is covered and they're confident and feel amazing. But B, they are in an eight to 10 week container with me truly experiencing what it's like to go through my trainings. Like, what is my teaching style? How do I coach people? What is this community? So it's like this taste test, right? That makes it easy to know if the hive is a full yes or if the hive is actually not for you. So that, everybody, is the reasoning behind why we offer client search separate from the hive. Not everyone has to do client search first, but it's really for those people who are overwhelmed by that year-long commitment. Okay. okay. So I just talked a yep. lot. Does that all land for you? And do you feel like yeah. you have a, an yeah. understanding? Yeah. It, okay. it, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I hadn't realized that since I, I didn't do client search before and I knew about it, but I didn't realize it was quite as long of a container. I thought it was more like 30 days, but I guess there's before and after. Is that? Yeah. 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 The client search process a coach goes through is 30 days, but the program itself is longer just so people don't have to start surging on day one of the course. Makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So I think I'm going to ask you to tell people about your audience first, but I think the first question for us to address is what is the intention and the reason behind having an intro program? Like, is it truly necessary? So before we go there, tell everybody who you serve and how you do it. Yeah. So I am a book coach and I serve LGBTQ plus writers um, and I help them raise their voice, write their stories and become published authors. And I focus on memoir writers and writers writing other nonfiction. Mm -hmm. So that's who I serve. Is that enough detail? Yeah, that's great. One of the things that really inspires me about your work is this mission to help LGBTQ plus writers see that their voice matters and they're also not the only LGBTQ plus writer in the world, right? So this idea of building community for them is really important to you. Exactly. I think that for me, and this will tie into what we'll be talking about, for me, my two superpowers and what I love to do the most is both help writers actually find the deeper story that they want to tell and then build community among writers. So those are the two the two really critical pieces for me. The other piece, which I didn't mention, is that I'm also a memoir writer myself. And right. so I have personal experience on that side of the table that I can share with my writers. So your question about what's mm. my intention behind the intro, or do I even really need one? So I, I think there's some parallels to what you said about client search in the hive. I'm also envisioning a year-long program 
I've kind of gone back and forth between six months and a year, but I, I think that I think I'm going to be brave enough to say that I want to do it for a year because mm-hmm. I, I, I know writing a book, it's not something you do in 30 days. It isn't something that you can just you can just whip it out, but but those aren't the kinds of books that I'm really interested in helping writers to write. I want them to write books that are quality books, and that takes time. And mm-hmm. I do tend to work, at least at this point in my book coaching career, with newer writers who have their they have a story they're burning to to tell and write, but they've never written a book before. They may have. They may have done a lot of other writing, but they've never written a book before and they really, really want to do it, but they have no idea really all the steps involved and really what it takes. And so I do think that it's a lot to ask someone at that stage to jump into a year long program without Mm -hmm. having some sense of who they're committing to working with and also really some sense of like, what, what are the steps along the way to get to write a book? I mean, many writers won't, they won't finish a book in a year either, but they will get far along in that journey. And if they are working consistently with support Mm -hmm. and accountability, they can definitely get a first draft written within a year. Yes. Some of the same objections, I think I'm anticipating. The other part which I guess is somewhat parallel to what you said with client search is that the intro course is really foundational. I guess that's a little different from client search, Um, Mm -hmm. but the intro course, which I ran two versions of last spring, it's really getting clear on the foundations, asking asking, answering the big questions you need to ask and answer before you actually sit down and write your book. And it really, in my system, is what needs to happen first. So now I'm talking a lot. (laughs) (laughs) No, this is really helpful. Okay, a couple of things. Number one, you know from experience that it takes a year to get to a solid draft. And anyone saying it takes less time is either A, not giving you the full picture, or B, like not experienced enough to understand the ups and downs and the planning and all all that actually goes into creating the quality of book you, Suzette, are interested in helping people write. Yes. So I wonder, what I'm hearing you say is, as a newer writer, especially being like there are programs like the 90 day novel or write your book in 30 days or like book in a weekend. So they may not really understand what it actually takes. I'm going to guess they also have been thinking about this for a while. So they've been writing the book. I'm using air quotes for Mm -hmm. our listeners. (laughs) They've been (laughs) mentally writing the book for their entire lives. So the idea of are you joking? Like I finally feel ready. And now you're telling me it's going to take a year before I have a first draft. Like that is a buzzkill. So how can we create an intro program to help them align their expectations with reality and also Mm. give them like a quick win Yeah, so that they're more ready to invest in themselves through your longer program? Did I interpret what you say, what you said accurately? Yeah, okay. I, I think you absolutely did. And I think that is one of the biggest challenges that I face as a book coach. And I know there's a number of book coaches in the in the hive, and we all share similar philosophy, is that we know that this mm-hmm. is a this is a marathon. It's not it's not a sprint. And how to yeah, I love your word buzzkill. I mean, it's like mm-hmm. you want to be in integrity, you want to be truthful yeah. about what it really takes, but you don't want to like discourage them before they even start and they say, "Oh, forget about it." It is a very fine it's a dance, you know? So, yeah. yeah. And I love the idea of what you said a quick win. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I'm taking us off track, but I have to say Mm -hmm. this and then we'll come back on track. But just like for the record, 
on a, on a coaching call somewhere inside the hive because I know you're working on your catchy catchphrases and your content pillars. Yes. One of your content pillars needs to be around this piece. Like a meaningful okay. memoir does not happen in a weekend. Anyone yes. saying otherwise is not giving you the full picture. There's a catchy catchphrase. Yeah, so really like drilling it. that home so that as your audience climbs that awareness ladder, they're bought in to this truth, to this agreement with you that the kind of book they want to put out into the world requires time and intentionality. Okay. So there's our yeah. little commercial break okay. for you. Let's yes. come back to yes. designing your yes. offerings. So I'm glad we're talking about this because it sounds really clear that having an intro course is helpful for your audience and will actually help your sales process. I want to just say for our listeners, it was important to me to ask Suzette this question because so often we find ourselves in programs where we see the business model the teacher runs and we just model their model or the teacher has a framework and this is how you do it and it may not actually serve your audience best. So I just wanted to check in, Suzette, and make sure that just because it fits my business, I wanted to make sure it also fits yours, but it does really sound aligned to me. Yeah. Okay. So here's my next question around this intro piece. What is, or how clear do you feel on what the focus of the intro class is versus what's delivered in the year-long program? Okay, so I feel pretty clear. I feel okay. pretty clear that <laughs> let's see if I can actually say what I'm what I'm feeling, okay. if I can articulate it. The intro course, which I'm planning to model on a couple of courses I ran in the spring, is to get the writer clear on really what's the point of their book, why are they writing it, who are they writing it for, some other market-related questions. And the win, the quick win, is that at the end of the the course, which we're going to hopefully define how long this course is going to be, and I can tell, yeah. talk about how, what I did before and what I'm thinking now, is mm -hmm. that they will have a high-level outline. And I call it, I have a, a name for it. I call it the tent poles scene oh. outline, which are the key scenes that they know need to be in their story. And they also will have a draft of their first scene. And that's, that's a learning I took from the previous cohorts I ran, because one of the comments, I, I didn't have them writing the first scene in, in the last uh, cohort. And one of the comments I got as feedback was that, and from a couple of people, is that the transition from the, all of these, you know, great foundational questions and outlining, but then to actually writing mm. felt hard, you know, and I thought, okay, this is an easy, this is easy just to get them so that they have already kind of gone over that hump. They've actually written a scene, the first scene, which may or may not end up being the first scene in their book, but they have, <laughs> they've written something and yes. they know they can do it. So that is what I want them to end with. And then they can transition into the bigger program and they can start doing a bigger outline and do and, and learning what it really means to write a scene and all of the craft things and the accountability. Love it. And I would envision, and I mean, maybe this is a layer of complication we don't need to talk about, but I would envision down the road that I would have this course content sitting inside my bigger program, just like you have it with client surge, so that if somebody just wants to come straight into the program, they can do that more yeah. on their self-study on their own and not have to do it live with me. Yep. I love it. Okay. So if we're using client surge as the model here, I just want to draw the parallel for all of our listeners. Yeah. With client surge, the obstacle we're overcoming is I don't have enough. I don't know that I can pay for it every month for a year. Yeah. So we do that, but we get you clients. Great. Now you can easily pay for it. But also it's this other piece of, oh my gosh, I just, I just did that. I actually know how to 
get clients, I actually see how I can do it again. I saw myself just do that thing I have struggled to do. Same thing with your audience. They've been thinking about this book for who knows how long. They have this, you help them build out a roadmap, your tent pole, so now that the book feels more real. And I just had the experience of writing a scene and I survived. And I'm actually really, really jazzed about writing the next scene. And I believe that I am capable now. So that's that's like the inner promise here is giving them the experience so that they believe in themselves enough to invest the time and the money and the heart and soul into writing the full book. I love it so much. Okay, great. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Should we get into some of the nitty gritty questions you have around? Yes. All of this? Okay. Yes. Wouldn't it be great if you could just build your business focusing on your strengths? I see too many coaches struggling to fit into a certain mold and they ignore the easy path. So let's put an end to that. What I want you to do is go to dallastravers.com slash quiz. I've put together a 45 second superpower quiz designed to reveal two things. Number one, the very next step in your business, whether that's list building, client attraction, or scaling with a course. And number two, the natural strength you possess to help you accomplish that task. When you get your results, you'll also get a custom-built toolkit with actionable items you can put in place right away to finally make this growth path simpler because you're doing what you do best. So the link again is dallastravers.com slash quiz. Go and check it out and then let me know on Instagram how you scored. So where would you like to begin? Which burning question should we tackle first? Let's talk about how long the program, the intro course should be. When I ran it before, I ran two similar, slightly different versions of it last spring, and they were both six-week courses. But I'm thinking that I would prefer to do it as a four-week, as a four-week course. And the reason I'm saying that, well, I have a couple of reasons why. One is that before I didn't have anything to follow the course up with, which is part Mm -hmm. of the problem, which is why I'm, which I'm trying to provide a solution to that. So I was sort of throwing in a lot of other things because I was I had this sort of sense of like, well, they need to know this, they need to know this, they need to know this. And and now I don't have to do that in this because I've got a tighter mm-hmm. reason, promise. you know, yeah. Uh, yeah, promise, content. So, and I also thought that four weeks for it's really going to be more than four weeks because there'll be stuff for them to do ahead of time. And then maybe a little stuff after time, but, but four sessions with me, like four, four calls. And yeah, it, it just, it felt, it feels more doable for people. Okay. And for me too. There are three considerations. One is what do you want? Actually you, Suzette, as a business owner and a coach, what do you want? All right. When we center the client, I think there are two considerations. What is an appropriate amount of time so that they finish and they're successful? I see often program, like I'm going to do a six-week course. And actually, I'm going to sidebar for a second here, everybody. Mm -hmm. This is not the first question to answer when you're designing an offering. Suzette already knows the promise of her course. She's actually delivered it twice now in various versions. So she's got, she's addressed some of these other questions are like, what is the promise and how am I going to deliver that? Often though, we make the mistake of, I have an idea to run a course and I want it to be six weeks long. And then we try to cram content into that time frame when really the promise of the program should inform the content and the content of the program then should inform the container. not the other way around. So that's for everybody. The two considerations now are what's the appropriate amount of time so that people can be successful? Number two, what is an appropriate amount of time that gives a permission structure for them to say yes? So four weeks might be easy to say yes to. 
Is it enough time for people to actually experience their win and feel ready to upgrade into your larger course? Because that's really the goal here is to get them into the year-long program. So do you have any data around the completion rate or the success rate of this, the other two versions of this program? Yeah, I do. And what's interesting is that in the six-week course, the virtually everyone did the first four assignments. Uh-huh. And then and then the last couple of weeks there was less completion. And part of that I believe is not because the course was too long. Part of it was that what I had as the final two assignments mm-hmm. was too hard for them to do given the time frame. And so I am carving that part off. I'm ending the course before that. And so the assignments, it, I mean, it's a more sophisticated type of outlining and that and structural mm-hmm. questions. And those are things that, that we'll do inside the longer program once they've had Got the it. foundation and they'll do that at their own pace. Mm-hmm. So I do have that answer now. One other piece of data I do have though, which might cut the other way, is that I did, you know, I did send a survey to everyone after the two courses and no one said that they thought six weeks was too long. And some people thought, wished it had been longer. Some people yeah. were like, it went so fast. I wish it had been longer, you know, whatever. So that's probably something I should pay attention to. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and as someone who has, I've been doing this for a really long time, I've run a lot of different programs. Without a doubt, a couple of things you can count on. People will come in already. It's call number one. We haven't done anything yet. And people will come in already afraid that they're behind schedule. Number two, people appreciate spaciousness. I think you're on to something here that maybe it's four calls. Oh, and there's a third piece here, but there's space Mm -hmm. in between for implementation. And then the third piece. So they come in feeling behind right? They appreciate spaciousness. And for some people, it takes even like two full weeks to start to get in the groove before they start being consistent with their actions. So if it's a four-week program, I fear that they will not be set up to win. And if they don't win, they're not going to enroll into this larger program that will really help them get their book out into the world. But how do you feel about this as a proposed structure? You could have a kickoff call, which is just like, let's get to know each other a little bit. And maybe Uh it's like a little bit of partner work. It's really just creating belonging and helping everyone see the road ahead. Uh Kind of like you do Uh when you join the hive, right? You've got a kickoff call with Kylie. And then you do the assignments with three Q&As. So three weeks of Q&A, a week off for implementation and then wrap it up with two more Q&A calls. Six calls, but it's over the course of eight weeks. I think you will see a higher conversion into your larger program. And the thing is, Dallas, the work that I do in this intro program, I love it. I mean, it, it okay. is, it's like, this is like, literally, if I could just do this all the time, I would do it. And I also know that I felt terrible (laughs) that I didn't have the next thing for these writers to continue to support them. So I want to create this larger container for them to then actually get their books written. So I do... I do like the idea of having having more spaciousness here. And can I just ask, another question related to that. So one of the things I did with the second cohort that I ran last spring, um, so I had one under my belt and I tweaked it a little bit, was that for the first first call of six, 
I did something somewhat similar to, I think, what you're suggesting here, the kickoff call, and really what the assignment was that I wanted them to write about their fears about writing their book and Mm. also their dreams about writing their book. So just to sort of get that emotional stuff out, and then I invited them to share those with each other if they felt comfortable and it was really great. It was super successful. It was just a great way to like break the ice and get it all mm-hmm. out. Now, I was thinking, but I can change my mind because I haven't done anything yet. Mm-hmm. I had been thinking that rather than start this cohort with that, now this is again, this intro course with that, this is again what in my mindset, I was thinking, oh, I've gotten to do four weeks, so I need to cut some things out. But I had been thinking of doing that kind of dream, fear and dream work as a, a free master class that would be mm-hmm. a lead in to this program. So kind of thinking of the whole funnel, like, yeah, I'm still working on the lead gen and all of that. And that's a whole nother thing because my list is so small and working on all that. But having, doing this master class as a free class and getting people to start thinking about their fears and their dreams and writing them and maybe even sharing them. And then, then the invitation is to come to this foundation intro program. Intro, yeah. intro program. And then the invitation is to go to the, the bigger yeah. program. How yeah. does that sound to you? Or should I just do it all inside this intro program? Is it too yeah, many layers? Know, I don't know. I, well, it all requires testing. So it would be mm-hmm. interesting to test that fears and dreams topic as your launch webinar topic. But regardless, not everyone is going to watch the webinar. So what I thought was this dreams and fears assignment could be the welcome assignment. So I sign Mm -hmm. up for the program. Maybe I've already done it in the webinar. So look at me. I'm so ahead of schedule. I already feel so successful. If I haven't already done it during the webinar, it's my, all right, our first call is happening on the 15th. And before then, here is your assignment. So then when folks come together for that implementation or pre-game welcome call, uh-huh. they, they can still do the sharing because I think that's really powerful. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, but they yeah. don't have to do any of the writing. So I would test it as the webinar, but regardless, it can be their pre-work before the course begins. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Cool. I like that. I like that. Okay. So just in terms <laughs> of a consideration for you, I want you to really prioritize the client experience and what is the structure here that sets them up to bring their book to life? What do they need in order to meet that promise? And then we can circle back. You can like ping me or ask on a coaching call, but I think you're closer to an eight week container with four or five calls with you especially if the goal now for your business is to move them into the longer program, they're going to need more experience with you in order to feel ready to move into the longer program. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I hear that. I, I hear that. So yes, I will, I will sit with your question Great. of what they need, what the client mm-hmm. the structure that they need in order to do that. So are you ready for me to ask the yeah, next question. Okay. Okay. Well, okay. Well, there's two more and I don't know which one it makes more sense But So if I'm looking at what is more like an eight week experience mm-hmm. with maybe six calls over, over eight weeks, how often does it make sense to offer this uh-huh. annually What's the timing with respect to the launch of the bigger program? Okay, great question. So this is going to be a moving target. So I want to talk Mm -hmm. like bigger picture and then we'll get right into your likely schedule for right now. Great. 
If the larger program has rolling enrollment, which I think is your plan, right? When people are, imagine that, a program where when people are ready, it's there for them. It's amazing. Yes. That's what we do inside of the Hive. So if that has rolling enrollment and this initial program is designed to overcome barriers to entry for the larger program, you will launch the initial program more often in the beginning than you do as your business grows. So I'll use, again, my business as an example. This past year, we launched Client Surge twice because Client Surge is excellent enrollment for the Hive. Moving into next year, we're only going to launch Client Surge once. And there could be a time where we no longer launch Client Surge separately because I know the real value, if what you want is to transform your business, you need to be in the hive. Client search sure. solves an immediate problem, but it's not a business model, right? Right. So how often do you launch? It depends on how consistent you are with list building, right? Can your launch schedule keep up with your list building habits? And where are you at in terms of need, enrollment needs for the long, the longer program? So all of that being said, my feedback would be to plan in this first year to launch the intro class twice, maybe even a third time. Mm-hmm. Yep. Does that feel aligned? You yeah, nodded. That ab- sounds aligned. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I That's exactly what I had been thinking. And I now have a, a better understanding really of why that's important. I mean, I think I had been thinking like, oh, they need to do this so that they can be successful in the bigger program. And I also like doing it. So let's do it. But I hadn't really been thinking so much about the overcoming the objections and how about the length of the program. So now I see that and I see how the longer you're doing your program, the more you may not have to do this quite mm-hmm. quite as often. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and here's why this is for everybody listening. Your marketing can uh, help folks overcome the objection or the obstacle that this smaller program was designed to overcome. So as you become yes. more established and the word spreads, your marketing does that heavy lift. You don't have to have a program that does it. But I think right. straight out of the gate, I would plan on doing it twice. And my suggestion would be to organize <laughs> the launch calendar to look something like, and I'm just going to start with January because that's how I can think about a year, but I, sure. I know we're going to get this going sooner. But in January, you launch your your intro course with the intention of the longer program launching 90 days later so that graduates of the intro course, it's like, great, guess what? As we're wrapping up, here's the next step for you. And it's just this really smooth transition. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yep. I like that. And then yeah, because I don't want there to yeah, be this okay. big gap. Like they do it and then like, oh, you know, in six, you know, yeah, I like that. Yeah. yeah. And what I would even recommend would be to back into this, meaning get the first section or module or piece <laughs> of the big course created. Make sure it's clear. Make sure it's created. Yep. It exists for people to roll into that. Once that exists, then you can confidently create your launch schedule for this other program. Instead of finding yourself week six in this other program, spinning your wheels and slapsticking something together just to have an offer, I would actually do it backwards. Because again, everybody, our goal is not just to make sales with this intro program. It's to help people finish their books. And where they finish their book is inside of the larger program. So build your primary offering first and then build your marketing schedule around it. The whole year doesn't have to be finished, Suzette, but that first section, I think, needs to be rock solid. I may have lost you just a little bit. Oh, sure. So theoretically, say we we launch the intro program in January, and your suggestion is that the full program is ready to go 90 days after I launched the intro course in January. So, you know, we're talking, that would be April. Shouldn't it be ready to go? Like as soon as they finish the. I'm glad you're asking for clarification. 
So if we were to create a to-do list, this is what Mm -hmm. it might look like. Priority number one is let me get module one of the larger program. Let me get clear enough on that. Let me make it real enough that if someone actually signed up for that program today, there would be something there for them. I'm going to do that first. And when that's ready, that will inform my launch schedule for the smaller program. Okay. Okay. Right? So let's just say you get that ready this week. Yeah. Then we would want the intro program to begin about 90 days. I mean, this is kind of irrelevant now because it already exists, but basically we want the marketing of the larger program to happen at the end of the initial program. So the first time you open the doors for that, it's the next step for these folks. And there will also be a public invitation for others. That's that's what I was getting Okay. Okay. I understand now. Yeah, I get that. And one of the things that you and I had talked about on a previous Hive call was possibly having sort of a soft invitation for the larger program with some of my my previous writers. So I could do that. Mm -hmm. I haven't done that yet because I didn't know all these other pieces, but it's been on my mind. So I could still do that and I could be sort of building the content with them, right? Before the bigger program gets launch for to the public and for this first cohort yeah. that is coming in in my new intro course is that yeah does that make super, sense i have a wild idea here tell me what you think about it okay so to fill all of our listeners in a strategy that has worked so well for me when it comes to creating new offers and launching them is to pre-sell them in some way because if it's on my list I'll get to it at some point. But if someone has paid me money for a program that starts on November 1st, you damn well better bet that program will start on November 1st. So it's this really sure. great like accountability for us. But it's also, and this is where it really relates to you, it's also such a beautiful way to honor or serve those students who have worked with you in the past. So yeah. you could do a lifetime membership or a founding member launch mm-hmm. to your larger program this week, right? Yeah. Yeah. And what they get is they get to go through the new version of the intro class along with the new students. So that's how, oh, like, that's yeah. what we give them in the meantime, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And here's why this is really impactful. I feel like I'm giving away all my secrets, but I don't care. (laughs) I'm like, will this plan still work on people if they know I'm doing it? (laughs) I think one of the reasons why client surge converts into the hive so well is we have hive members who surge along with client surge students and they're talking about the hive. They're like raising the bar for people. They're really creating the sense of belonging. So that's a win across the board. You have people have been through the process or a version of the process before, they feel totally loved on because they get this really special bonus and they will do the selling for you into the larger program. I love that idea. I guess the only question that is coming up for me, and this might be, you know, one difference with say the client search that you have Mm -hmm. is that I'm just not sure my previous clients who've done this before would want to do it again. Like they've that kind is of not done for it. you to know. That is not okay. for you to know. Okay. Okay. That okay. is they for them to yes, decide. They can say no. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and they, they get, can and they want get the charter membership and decide not to participate in the other thing. Sure. Like it, it doesn't sure. have to be one or the other. Right. You will be surprised. You will be surprised well, and, at how and, much people want to review. Actually, that's a really good point because the process that I take writers through in this beginning is it is it is iterative i mean it's not yeah. like a one and done thing so people may want to revisit it so that yeah okay yep yeah. all right okay so i love it before we wrap up i know you really wanted to talk like strategy around pricing should we take yes. a few minutes and have that conversation yes. in okay that would be great that would be great so what's your question around well, pricing? Well, my, my question was how to 
price the intro offer in relation to the year long offer. So, I mean, um, and I haven't settled on a price at all. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have a lot of, of ideas, but I'm thinking what I'll do is similar to what you do for the hive, which is that there's a, there's an annual fee, but that you can pay it all at once, or you can pay it in monthly Mm -hmm. installments. And I think that for most people, they're going to choose the monthly because that's more comfortable financially for people. So if I'm, if I'm having a, what looks like it's going to be an eight week program. So basically a two month intro program. Does it make sense to kind of get people used to spending a certain dollar amount that they'll just continue to spend monthly? Mm -hmm. That's Uh, my question. (laughs) Our thinking is completely aligned. So I think there are three considerations here strategically, we'll talk about the strategy piece first. If the goal is to make the year-long program like doable and like a hell yes for people, it's really smart to match the payment plan for the intro course with the tuition for the larger program. Yeah. So I like your thinking there. And we can use the Hive as an example. Prices are going up, but today we are recording on September 12th, 2022. (laughs) The monthly tuition for the Hive is right around, it's just under $500, okay? Okay. So what we did with Client Surge was the Client Surge is $950 or it's two payments of whatever that math works out Mm -hmm. to be. So that payment is basically the same thing. The other piece is people, because Client Surge is a part of the Hive, People have a 90-day window after they finish client search to apply their client search tuition to their Hive tuition so that they're not okay. paying twice for training. That creates okay. like ethical urgency for people, which mm. I, I has worked mm-hmm. really well to help them move the needle. So I'm with you on that. I think whatever the payment plan is, it needs to be pretty darn close to the payment plan for the larger program. The two questions to consider with pricing is what price will your audience value? Instead of what price can they afford, what price will they value? So I'm making this up here, Suzette, but like a $97 eight-week program, they they don't have enough skin in the game to actually follow through. No. And then what price, what is a meaningful price for your time your energy, and your investment. Yeah. Understanding that pricing is a moving target, right? And the longer you do this, the likelihood of your prices increasing is extremely high, but those are the considerations. Yeah. And I think I hadn't really thought so much about the, I forget, what's the term you use that you could roll, you could roll in the yeah, that could be a, a really good incentive. I really like that. I also like the way you are framing how to think about the pricing because I, as you know, I mean, I, I'm very committed mm-hmm. to make this affordable for my audience. And I also don't want to get into a position where I'm feeling resentful of, of the time I'm putting in if I'm under, if I'm undercharging. Yeah. So it's kind of hit that. I'm getting more and more clarity on what feels like the right price point. So that's that's really helpful. That's great. And I want to offer another small reframe here, which is thinking about price accessibility rather than affordability. Okay. And here's like, there's just a lot of, I think accessibility opens us up to more creative solutions where affordability at least I get very narrow-minded and it's like, all right, Mm -hmm. affordability equals cheap or accessible. You could have extended payment programs as an option for people. Down the road, you can have a sliding scale pricing option. Like there's a lot that you can do when we just replace the word affordable with accessible. Yeah, no, that's, that's great. That's great. So around pricing, what's the action item for you that you and I can circle back on on a Hive call or in the Facebook group? I want to help you feel confident and clear around your pricing. I feel like I'm getting close to a number that 
feels right. So I can share that both in the Facebook group, both in terms of for the intro course, and then that would be aligned with what the kind of monthly payment would be for the bigger program. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. We'll I think I think the thing that I'm still a little fuzzy about, and I know that we're we're com- we're wrapping up, is just so what you did say is the first priority is getting the first part of the bigger program solid. Tomorrow I could invite the other people in. So that's what I should focus on first, right? Mm-hmm. And then then I, from there I can plan out when the intro program is going to get launched. Yeah. So if we created an action list for you, yes. I'm, I'm with you. So step one would be make the bigger program real enough. The people who are going to sign up as lifers have somewhere to go once they sign yep. up. Yep. So great. Now it's real. You've got accountability. There's urgency for you, the course creator. Number yep. two, let's do inside the hive, we call it the flash sale protocol, but let's do like a nice invitation to graduates of your program. You've run it two times. You have folks, Mm -hmm. you've been really itching to have something to offer these people who are craving it. So we can offer charter membership or lifetime Mm -hmm. membership to them. They'll have somewhere to land. Also, the big benefit is they're going to get to redo the course along with new members. When those two things are done, you can look at your 90-day launch roadmap. 90 days Suzette, includes a big chunk of time designing your course, which for you has already been done. So more realistically, you're looking at like a 45-day launch roadmap for all the marketing and the moving pieces to launch the mini course. Okay. Okay. Great. And that, I think, is video number six inside of Course Catapult, the 90-day launch roadmap. Okay, great. Cool. Does that feel like clear and actionable enough for you? Awesome. It does. It does. It's exciting. I feel feel better. (laughs) (laughs) And I I think the most important thing here is to just understand that it's going to be, you and I are going to talk in three months and you will learn something will unfold to help you build an even better plan than what we came up with today. And we have to be agile enough to do that so that we're really serving the growth of our business, but also the growth of our our students who need this work so much. So yeah, yeah. Well, no, I, that's I great. want to thank you for coming on the show. This was this was a really fun and helpful conversation. So thank you for bringing this forward today. Thanks, Alice. I yeah, really appreciate welcome. it. You're welcome. Thanks everybody for tuning in. We'll see you back here next week. Thank you so much for tuning in to Coaches on a Mission. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, follow, rate, and review. Do all of the things (laughs) to show your support for this show. It is so helpful for us, and it also helps other coaches find this show. If you want to take this episode further, please follow me on Instagram. I'm Dallas Travers Biz Mentor, and every week I turn our episode into a week-long mini course on my Instagram page. It's designed to help you apply what we talk about during the episode to your business in a super tangible way. So let's be Insta friends. Head on over to Instagram and look for my new handle. Again, it's Dallas Travers Biz Mentor. You can do that now and you just might find some funny reels while you're there. So believe me when I tell you, it'll be worth it. Okay. Thanks again for tuning in. I truly appreciate that you make time to listen to this show and I hope you have a wonderful week.